are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Tony Dow, and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. As with every episode, we start this one staying at the intent audience is everybody. Uh, today, we'll be speaking with our special guest, Dr. Christopher Fortier, on what his role is in the pharmacy technology and informatics world. So, you know, thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really good. Really excited to speak with you. Uh, was connected with you through our mutual colleague. And, you know, I, I've actually heard your name many times before in many uh, other projects. So I, I do also want to ask about some of those things too. You know, before we begin to talk about some of the more detailed topics, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm currently the uh, Chief Pharmacy Officer here at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. My role uh, here is oversight of all pharmacy services, inpatient, outpatient, retail, uh, both on, on the main campus here and uh, some of our satellite locations. Uh, we have a great team of about 400 uh, pharmacists and technicians, you know, providing outstanding clinical clinical uh, and operational uh, pharmacy services here to support about a thousand beds. And as you can imagine, a, a very large ambulatory uh, clinic operation uh, as well. A little bit about my background. I graduated from the University of Connecticut. I then went on to do a, a two-year uh, PGY-1, PGY-2 Health System Pharmacy Administration uh, residency program at the Medical University of South Carolina or MUSC in Charleston under a, a gentleman named Paul Bush, uh, who is since re- sort of re- semi-retired, uh, who is at Duke and a former uh, ASHP president. Um, and then I moved into uh, this position at Mass General just a little bit under seven years ago now, very much enjoying my time and our team and you know working to, to innovate and, and strategize on how we can sort of lead pharmacy services into both current and future states. Awesome, awesome. So in your current role, like, uh, can you kind of describe what your day to day is, if, if there is one, because I know like in that type of role, it's very, uh, you know, uh, it changes a lot each day. But if there is one, can you uh, kind of go over maybe some of the aspects that round out your day? Yeah, to your point, it is not sort of a, 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 a every day is a, sort of a typical day. Um, you know, my responsibilities are um, obviously is how you know, we're leading the pharmacy enterprise here and, and working very closely with the directors on our team to make sure that we um, are moving forward on our projects uh, in terms of both sort of process improvement, quality, safety, and, and and obviously looking to sort of innovate as well in terms of a variety of different areas. And so there's a lot of a lot of that. And then of course, you know, meetings relating to both departmental or organizational uh, oversights around again a variety of things. I I say I you know obviously wear a million hats, and so there could be a meeting. For one hour on finance, the next meeting is about, you know, something clinical regarding pediatrics. The next meeting, you're moving on to something regulatory. And so you have to know a lot. Uh, you have to know a little about a lot and, and really, again, work to kind of strategize and sort of move those initiatives forward, uh, both for not only the department, but for the organization. Um, I also have some responsibilities uh, at the system level. We have a system group uh, title. It used to be called Partners Healthcare. It's now called Mass General Brigham, um, where we have a little bit of a unique health system in that we have two sort of flagship academic medical centers, Mass General, which, as I said earlier, is about 1,000 beds, um, and Brigham and Women's Hospital, which is about 800 beds. And then we have about 12, 13 other hospitals other than that in the system. And so myself and my colleague at the Brigham really work on a lot of pharmacy initiatives systems-wide that we are, you know, 
for instance, implemented things like a specialty pharmacy, but other other sort of new initiatives that we need to do that don't make sense necessarily at the individual hospital level, but also at the, uh, but more at the system level. So that's, again, I, I know I didn't answer it specifically, but kind of the overall kind of responsibilities and things that I do sort of on a day in day out basis. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, being a chief pharmacy officer, do you get to work with uh, a lot of the informatics pharmacists? So um, the way that we're, we're sort of organized here, we do have a, a pharmacy informatics team that involves some uh, clinical informatics pharmacists, involves some systems analysts on our group, uh, both, and, and that resides within the department. So we have a director for med use policy and informatics that that team reports up to. Um, and then uh, we do have Epic, which is system-wide. And so a lot of the Epic uh, build and maintenance and enhancement resources are at the system level, which is a different group that doesn't report in through the department uh, that we need that we need to work with to kind of get some of those Epic type things uh, or even matching up different systems, for instance, interface-wise uh, with that group. So I'm pretty involved, obviously, in terms of, you know, what types of informatics projects we need to move forward. Uh, we do a lot of development work with a variety of outside vendors in terms of, of different pieces of technology um, that we're not just trying to implement, you know, what they sort of came out for, but how we can enhance them, how we can do some other interesting things, how we maybe can do a little bit of research. So maybe not into the, the weeds necessarily with that team, but ultimately have oversight and working very closely with that group to move uh, our IT strategy uh, and innovation forward. So you mentioned innovation a few times, and I was curious about like, uh, if you can give an example of one of the innovations that uh, you were able to be part of in terms of like, you know, improving medication use process or pharmacy workflow or anything like that. Sure. I kind of start kind of high level with sort of the vision and where I think we need to be going. You know, I would really love to see, you know, we, we, we need pharmacists as much in direct patient care roles as possible up on the floors, talking with patients, working with our physicians and our other providers. And in order to do that, we really need to somewhat elevate the level of our pharmacy technicians and also implement and ultimately create new types of, you know, pharmacy automation and technology to really get the manual process out of, you know, just, just to remove it. And so, you know, how do I, uh, the ultimate vision here is, is how do we sort of do that so that we don't need, maybe we still need a pharmacist kind of overseeing the operation, but how do we use automation and pharmacy technicians to really run the inpatient? And how do you have those checks and balances that ultimately you don't need a pharmacist to check a dose um, to do that? And so that is sort of the big vision is how do we get there? And so based upon that vision is how do we partner with different vendors that currently have technology or soft automation or software that can help in some of those areas. Unfortunately, there's no silver bullet that if you do this one thing, it's going to solve all those issues, right? From everywhere from making IVs to, you know, pulling drug to delivering drug up to the floor and storing it. Um, it's not just one type of automation or software that's going to do that. And so how do we partner with those that have the existing technologies, but also how do we partner with people that where we, we don't have these items created and how do we sort of build that pharmacy of the future? One of the things that we're doing with, uh, or hopefully we'll be doing with one of our vendors is we are going to be building another 500 bed tower. And, you know, we've sort of 
agreed together to say, hey, how can we build, again, like I said earlier, the pharmacy of the future? How can we build that site? How can we design it based upon sort of what is out there and what hopefully will soon be coming? And can we ultimately get to that vision where we don't need pharmacists to be checking every single dose in the inpatient pharmacy? And then, again, utilizing hot, you know, technicians that we allow them to do more than just the menial, you know, sort of task of making IVs and pulling drugs and really elevating their practice and letting technology and automation and software really kind of run uh, the operation and ensure that, you know, we are safe and have high quality, you know, care within, within the distribution and drug preparation. So that's just some high level examples that I would say we are actively doing as well as sort of working for also the future. Uh, of what that's going to look like. Awesome. You know, thanks for sharing that because then I was actually going to lead into the next uh, topic in which it's going to be about the autonomous pharmacy framework, which uh, from my understanding, you're actually part of the uh, advisory uh, for that framework. Uh, Can you kind of describe a little bit more about, I guess, what the autonomous pharmacy framework is and uh, maybe a little bit about the white paper? Sure. Yeah. So I've been part of this group. And again, as I said, we're really trying to push industry, vendors, as well as hospitals to really be thinking about this, right? Thinking about the future. Um, Where do we need to go? We got to get everybody, you know, if one hospital just wants to do this, vendors aren't going to invest the money to create the technology to do these types of things. And they may not even understand necessarily what the problems are. And so how, again, do we really work to get our our pharmacists in in all direct patient care roles and get out of that sort of, you know, pick, pack, and ship kind of thing. And so the framework one is a little bit of a call to action in saying, hey, let's sort of envision this. We haven't figured every component of it out, but this is what we kind of think it can look like. And how can you sort of grade yourself as an institution on where you are on sort of that journey? Are you at level one or are you at level four? Um, and how do you, what are the things that get you up to those levels to get to that? And what are the pieces of it? And how, again, how can we create sort of a best practice and a little bit of a roadmap for people um, who are doing some of these things to be able to help others that are ultimately wanting to get to that? And so that's, that's very high level. That's kind of the perspective. But it's even things like, you know, we really don't have as, as a profession within hospital health system pharmacy, we don't really have like, hey, here are all the key metrics. Here are the key operational metrics. Here's all the key financial metrics. Here's all the key, you know, safety metrics. Like, how can we sort of use this group um, to help identify that? And again, things that people should be looking at, you know, in, in terms of their practice and working towards. If you, I, I think if you don't put that framework out there, you're never going to get people to ultimately advance and people are going to be doing things, you know, on 50,000 different paths rather than trying to stay within one path, maybe deviating from it a little bit to really get ultimately to that goal. So that's really what the group is trying to do. That's kind of what the white paper sort of starts to preliminary outline. We're working on another paper that we're going to publish, hopefully in AJHP, um, that gives a little bit more detail uh, around this. And we'll do some more, probably breaking out slivers of it uh, over the next, you know, year to two years. 
Awesome. So people who are listening, if you want to check it out, uh, you can find it. Uh, I'll put it in the uh, show notes, uh, how to get to the link. And um, there's also a nice infographic on the page too that uh, summarizes it, as well as the ability to download the full white paper. So it's really cool. And you know, like for you, I, I know that now you're in this space now, but uh, your experience doing your PHY1 and then PHY2 uh, beforehand, uh, how has uh, the stuff that you've seen during those times kind of like moved you towards this direction? Like I'm curious about like what kind of was able to guide you towards uh, being in the role that you are today? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I would say it probably started more in sort of sort of last year of pharmacy school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I actually wasn't really interested in residency at that time. But you know, I sort of talked to a lot of mentors and said, you know, what do you what do you guys think I'm good at? What where do you think I could excel? What are some options? And um, I had a mentor say, hey, like, have you thought about health system administration? Look, you're in all these leadership roles. I, you know, people look to you for advice. And I think you come across very much as a leader within your class. And so um, I sort of went down that path and I, I was really intrigued by the options there. Did I know I was going to be a chief pharmacy officer at this point in my career? Probably not. I thought I might sort of have to play a lot of different roles before that, but I had a like I said a little bit earlier, I had some really strong mentors. I still have some really strong mentors um, and really kind of had a career plan to say, hey, this is what I'm interested in and what are the things I need to do, whether it be at work or professionally uh, in terms of you know writing papers and being parts of committees and being part of organizations. And then, of course, balancing that with you know life outside of work. I, I think I've been able to do a good job of really kind of identifying the plan and working the plan and continuing to sort of tweak the plan. And again, not just from what is in my mind and what I think is right, but even, you know, continuing to work with mentors. I mean, even at this stage of my career and in the role that I'm at, I mean, I'll just tell you, yesterday I had a call with a, with a mentor and just said, hey, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And um, just other people to give you a little bit of a sounding board. So, you know, I, I felt this role kind of played into my strengths uh, early in my career. Obviously, I had the interest, and but, you know, the stuff doesn't come by just sort of sitting back and letting it come to you. you you got to kind of work toward it, you know, to get to these le- this level and, and, you know, into a big organization such as this. But by no means is it impossible, but um, you can't ultimately do it alone. Awesome. And, you know, like uh, if you kind of thought back about uh, getting into the role and, and now that you're in the role, uh, what were some of the skills you think were very important in uh, in helping you be able to navigate yourself here? Yeah, so I think there's a variety of things that are, that are important. As I said, I, I can't underestimate or overemphasize the importance of having mentors. And mentors within pharmacy, outside of pharmacy, uh, peer mentors. I mean, it, it, does, it could be a variety of people. I probably say that there's about five or six people that I'm routinely talking to, and they, they're kind of from all different walks of life and all different areas of pharmacy. You know, whether it be, a, you know, the dean of your school or a professor or somebody who's, you know, the director of pharmacy at the hospital you're interning at. You know, I think people just got to reach out and say, hey, I'm interested in a relationship. You know, would you be willing to coach and mentor me? I think that's number one. I think relationships 
overall are very big, right? If you're a jerk, people aren't going to help you out. They're not going to make things happen for you. And so I think if you show your interests, develop relationships, and ultimately, you know, are a good person, that's going to sort of help you a lot. And then I still think even though I'm in a management role, I think my clinical training and understanding of pharmacotherapy and, you know, what goes on on the floor and, you know, I'm in meetings, whether it be pharmacy and therapeutics committee or with vendors or with, you know, physicians calling me saying they want to use a certain drug. I need, I still need to know about that drug, how it works, what it's used for, what's, you know, what's the pros and cons versus the other products on the market. Um, And so, you know, it's not like I just came into management and I completely forgot about, you know, my clinical, you know, clinical practice. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, you know, can run upstairs and start ECMO and, and, uh, you know, manage a patient on that, but I can, you know, it's still important to have those skills. And, And mainly the reason why I did you know, that first initial PGY one year is to gain, gain that understanding, um, which has helped me in my role here from process improvement and knowing what goes on up there and what works and what doesn't work. Awesome. You know, thanks for so much for uh, giving that such a detailed answer. I was going to ask you about like any advice you want to give people, but sounds like you already uh, gave a lot of advice in the last two questions I asked. So if uh, people wanted to reach out to you uh, personally, just uh, for any more questions, or um, if they wanted to maybe ask you questions as uh, being their mentor, what's the best way that they can contact you at? Yeah, my email is the best. Uh, I'm happy to answer questions or give people some direction you know, in terms of who they should be reaching out to. But my email is probably the best way. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be putting your contact info in the show notes uh, for anyone who's interested in reaching out. But to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show. Thanks, Tony. It was a pleasure. Hopefully I helped out uh, your listeners. Alright, if you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Select group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there, and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy me and remember technology is a tool patient care is the goal